Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the Six Rings King Show on a new night, Monday night now, baby. Uh, we're really excited, actually, to have uh, um, Eric McLean on the show here, college football analyst, co-host uh, of the Huddle. Coach, hey, yes, all right. <laughs> First touchdown of the year. <laughs> Bobby Hurricanes, yeah, you know the name. Already, it's Merced. Ha ha. It's the Six Red King Show. Can't forget the name, though. Got Jazz Blue Vision DJ break the game code. Ain't no changing up. Ain't no breaking up. Real port alive from the Hall Rock Stadium. Ball 14 for the orange or green. You see the Six Red Champs. It's more than a dream. This is life on the field. Beyond 100 yards of hurricane that's never still put a damage to the What's wrong with us? Seriously. What's wrong with us? We're Miami Hurricanes fans. Welcome to the Six Rings Cane Show, a show dedicated to Miami Hurricane sports, featuring the legendary Larry Bluestein, Jazz Santana, Vish, and Danny Gillette. Let's go Canes. What's up, everyone? How are you doing? Six Rings Cane Show here on a Monday. Uh, DJ, how's it going? Good. There's only two of us on that list that Alana uh, nicely read off uh, in the intro, but that's okay. Yeah, we've we've lost more people than the Canes coaching staff, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, but uh, first, um, just uh, to keep everyone in the loop, uh, Jazz is out sick. Blue is trying to connect. He's having some computer issues. We're trying to work through. Um, he should hopefully be joining us in a minute, but I guess it's probably good. We'll start with a little uh, prize picks here, who is our sponsor. Let me... Uh, I've got, I've got to, I've got to do the, uh, the producing and the, uh, and the reading here. Where's my, where's my banner? There it goes. All right. Price picks, pricepicks.com. Um, very simple. How you play pick two to five players. You basically bet they're over under on points or yardage, depending on what sport it is. Um, I, I believe there's hockey in there as well. Maybe some goals in there. Um, and it's that simple. Bit two to f- two, five of them. You pick over under, you get them all right. You get paid. Um, obviously the more you bet, the more you win. Um, and through uh, Prize Picks and Five Reasons Sports, we will match your uh, initial deposit up to $100 if you enter the offer code 5, which you can see scrolling across the bottom of the screen. That is offer code 5, the word 5, F-I-V-E. Go to prizepicks.com, 
create an account, uh, use the offer code five at checkout. Uh, we'll match up to a hundred dollars and, and, you know, get some free money in there and, and win some money as well uh, with prizepicks.com and, and five reason sports. All right. Um, as we await to see if blue can get through his technical difficulties and, and as jazz has gone completely a wall. Yes. Let, let, let's go DJ. All right. So, um, Let's just recap what a crazy week it's been on campus. Um, so since we spoke last Monday, um, Tim Harris Jr. has become the running backs coach. Rod Wright has quit to go to the NFL. Um, the entire athletics program was put on probation on Friday. <laughs> um, the women's basketball team has been hit with some minor recruiting uh, violations. The men's basketball team blew a 25-point lead to Florida State <laughs> and lost at the buzzer. Uh, baseball won five games. This is all in the last week. Uh, and the women closed out the week, the weekend with a, with a win and finished sixth in the ACC, which is the best basketball conference coming up this week. Uh, the men basketball will be playing Pitt at home Saturday night. Winner wins the ACC. So if the, if the men beat Pitt, they win the ACC anyway, despite last weekend's, uh, let's just say, um, not the best performance, let's put it that way, especially in that second half there. Um, the women open tournament play uh, Thursday at 8 p.m. Um, they got a bye because they finished high enough up the seat. And the men's baseball, and so men's, it's baseball, it's only men's, we don't have a softball team. The, the baseball team is in Gainesville this weekend playing UF. So other than that, nothing much going on around these programs, but let's start with um, with football. So there's a couple of kind of big items that we haven't addressed yet, and one is is Tim Harris Jr. coming in at at um at at, at the the running backs coach position? So, my man DJ, what are your what are your thoughts on Tim Harris Jr.? I really like him because he's you know served multiple roles during his coaching career. He was the assistant coach um, in addition to the offensive coordinator and running backs coach at FIU, and he strikes me as a guy that can make the most out of his running backs. Um, just looking. At his FIU resume, for example, um, they broke the school's single-season record for rushing touchdowns in 2018 and rush yards per carry. And, you know, he strikes me as a guy that isn't necessarily one that needs to, um, you know, build this room from the ground up. He just needs to maximize the talent in the room. We obviously have some very talented running backs, and I really like the resume that he brings to the table, as well as you know the the you know caliber of running backs that we have. I think it's a really good fit. Yeah, we we actually talked about that last week um, as well, and with Blue and Jazz here as well, in terms of you can't just plug someone into that role because of the talent and the egos in the pedigree of the players in the running back room. These are all top-level recruits. They're not just going to go, you know, people are saying, well, just, just grab Houston's <laughs> Houston's right best coach because you'll know the offensive corner. Like, that doesn't work. You need someone that the players respect. And 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 Tim Harris Jr. is definitely that. He's got a lot of local ties. He's well-known. His father's obviously got a great reputation as well locally. All of that's going to help. Um, now, we still have that issue of how we're going to get carries for all these running backs, but – you know, having someone in the room that's universally respected in South Florida, I think that that is that that is going to be very helpful. It'll help in recruiting as well. So really just I mean, it's a good hire. He came from UCF. Like you said, he was he was, you know, getting some assistant head coaching 
experience there as well, kind of growing his pedigree. It is it is a step up for him. And um <laughs> oh yeah, let's not talk about basketball right now. Um <laughs> it's too soon, man. Too soon. Uh um uh but but this is this is a uh this is you know this is a an opportunity for him. And I and I will say as we try to like get get blue connected, hopefully he'll be able to speak for himself. So I do know that there was you know, some concern last week that blew st- stress. So we should probably talk through that a little bit on his behalf as, uh, you know, his computer is not, not functioning right now. But he did raise some concerns about this being a pretty big step up for Tim Harris Jr. Um, so he still he still holds that that um, that concern. But it was really more in – because I, I, I definitely got it in my Twitter feed. I think Jazz did as well in terms of, hey, I thought Blue hated this hire. He, he doesn't hate the hire. He actually – he's in favor – he likes the hire. He 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 and Tim Harris Jr. are actually quite close. Like he he is on board with this hire. Um, I think his question was if you have someone, and I know we were talking about Cedar last week, with that level of experience, that if you can get someone with that much experience, he'd rather do that than have this be a a step up for someone. It is it is a step up for Tim Harris Jr., but I think you know we're pretty universal in 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 thinking that this is a a an earned step up. Um, um, we'll, we'll talk a little hoops here. I do a, do a special hit on Wednesdays now where I talk through hoops cause I don't have time on this show, but maybe I will today since uh, blue and jazz failed, we can talk a little hoops too, but yeah. So I think this is a step up for, for him, but I think it's a logical step up. Yeah. And I think, you know, the UCF rushing attack averaged a little over 228 yards per game last year. So it's not like he has a shoddy resume by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you know, this is something, in my opinion, that he can handle. And like I just mentioned a little bit earlier, you know, his running back rooms have shown uh, improvement, both incremental and drastic. So I think, you know, the combination of a full running back room and, you know, the skill set that he brings to the table in order in, in terms of being able to maximize the running game, I think it's a good fit and will mesh well together, especially since the running game was inconsistent at times last year. <laughs> inconsistent boy you're, you're on euphemism monday here it was it was terrible as was the passing game as was i'm trying to be nice i'm trying to be nice but because you don't really want to get me going or else you'll be here for the next five hours well i mean you, you, do, have that, you do have that nebraska pedigree and you take your run game seriously so we do that was, that was not up to standard uh we last do. year um yeah so switching gears though another kind of surprise over the weekend actually as the uh the uh, basketball team was imploding on saturday afternoon uh word leaked that uh, Rod Wright is is going to the NFL. So I know, you know, we kind of hinted and, and, and there's been rumors flying around that there might be some other exits. Like even like Charlie Strong's not even official yet. He's still on the team website. You know, but I think we know he's gone. Rod Wright was not really one of the ones that was expected. Um, again, he got an NFL job, so he took it. Um, so that leaves another hole, um, and I know you know the people's champion to replace him right now is Jason Taylor. Um, Danny, do you, have, do you have thoughts on potentially Jason Taylor stepping up to the defensive ends coach? And also, just as a follow up to that, um, we still—if you remember when Nicholson was hired—he's inside linebackers. Should there be two coaches? Should there be an outside linebackers and defensive ends coach, or should that be the same person? Well, I think if you have Jason Taylor on the staff, one of the best, you know, defensive ends in the history of the NFL, I think you can kind of, 
you know, have to take a hard look at making a specialized defensive ends coach and a linebackers coach. I mean, you know, getting taught by Jason Taylor, you know, that would mean something to quite a few kids in the area. And, you know, just to be able to bring him out, and I know they've already done this, but with a, with an official title as defensive end coach on the recruiting trail, I mean, you would have to be stupid if you were a young defensive end to say no to Jason Taylor. So, to me, it seems like a logical move, um, but you never know. I mean, this whole offseason has been about surprising staff hires and not quick staff hires. So, you know, <laughs> I have to wonder. Uh, I have to wonder if that'll be the move, but it makes sense to me. Yeah, and, and just, just to recap where we're, we currently – I know it's hard to keep up as we, as we go through this for, for everyone. We currently lack a defensive ends coach, an outside linebackers coach, and a wide receivers coach. Um, I, I agree. I, I, so this is a good comment. Yeah, definitely is the quickest hire is the easiest hire. I And I'd be That's surprised – and I, I'd be, to DJ's point and also yours, uh, well, it's a mouthful. Kane's going to give it to you. <laughs> we might need to acronym that C-G-G-I-T-Y. I don't know. I don't know how that plays. Um, um, it's, a, it's a really good point. I think, I think probably the question is what are his – you know, responsibilities. I, I think it'd be pretty surprising if he's not on the field. I just assumed he would take that when we named Nicholson, the the inside linebackers that Jason Toe was going to take the outside. Yeah. Linebackers. I mean, um, but now we got the defensive ends open as well and we still need a wide receivers coach. Um, so, so there, there's kind of a lot of moving parts still, still in play here. And then, you know, people still want to get DVD on the field in some capacity too. So and we can me, only we can only add two coaches. Um, that yeah. is that's it. Unless yeah, because we're capped there. So. I mean, to me, just based off of last year, and yes, I know we had injuries and things like that, but not having a wide receivers coach right now, I think we need to get that addressed uh, pretty soon, if not, you know, within the next couple of days. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, Mario has shown this off season that he is taking his time and is making due diligence whether or not that's going to be a good thing and we're having these conversations again uh next january and february remains to be seen but at the very least you know he is i'm not saying he's picking the guys that he wants but he is making hires um at this stage of the game and um you know hopefully yeah hopefully and- these positions will be filled soon yeah, and with this one, it's hard to say whether or not, you know, was Rod right? Because there's some some of these coaches that go looking because they know they're not wanted. Like, I know that was one of the holes up with, hold up, hold ups with getting Gaddis out of here. He was never coming back, essentially, <laughs> after that performance. But they gave him time to kind of look, try to find something else before we, we formally fire you. Um, so I don't know if Rod Wright was a planned exit. Like, we knew he was going. We were just... Because, I mean, because he moved to the NFL, so most coaches would take that versus being a college defensive ends coach. So I don't know if this opens up another kind of hole to fill to, to IMAX's point here. I think this is probably where we're headed with this because we only, again, we only have two two coaching positions available that we can fill on field right now. Um, this is assuming, you know, Strong is actually leaving all that stuff. And one has got to go to the receiver side. side. Um, so... It would make sense for for Jason Taylor to do defensive end and outside linebacker. I think that's probably where this is heading. Still think it's a little weird that that you know Nicholson was named. My assumption is the plan was um, um, 
Jason Taylor would be outside linebackers coach and, and Rod Wright was going to stay at as defensive ends. But then, you know, the problem with that is we don't, doesn't leave us any coaches to fill in, <laughs> fill in the receiver yeah. coach. So I, I don't know. There's also been rumors maybe Feld won't be on the field anymore. And, you know, it could certainly com- combine, especially in Shannon Dawson's offense, tight end and wide receivers coach could probably be combined uh, under one coach as well. So I, I think there's, there's still, more moving parts, but certainly we got to economize some of this. You cannot, there's not enough staff available left to do, have an independent tight end coach, yeah. wide receiver coach, defensive end and linebacker. So outside linebacker. So something's got to combine here. And I'm just saying in general, I'm not, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but we have to economize some of this and we have to make sure that, you know, we can at least get a couple years out of this particular group. Cause if you go into next season, having to do this, Roller coaster coaching carousel again. I mean, ugh. but let's let's hope that doesn't happen and let's think positively. I'm just I'm just thinking in general. Yeah, and um, and I think that I think the the thing is there's two ways that um, um, there's two ways that 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 can happen. Right, once from a possession of strength, which Rod Wright might actually be. Kevin Steele certainly was, you know, went picked by Alabama to be their defensive coordinator. Um, so sometimes coaches leave because, you know, hey, there, there's a better opportunity there. I, and, and if that happens, great. That generally, although that wasn't the case this year, but generally means you had a good season. Um, you know, I think the issue here is, all right, half these guys got to go because we're terrible. And then you start having these leakages. And the next thing you know, like almost the entire staff is getting turned over now. Um so it is, it does put you in a position where, I mean, there's what, who's left? It's Feld. Um, it is, oh my God, I should, I should have pulled it up before I started doing this from memory, man. Um, Salavea is still there. Salavea, yep. Um, it's um, that, Adai is still here. DVD? Uh, well, well, DVD well, is not on the field. Yeah, yeah, true, yeah. So it's really, it's, Good point. Uh, I, I'm missing, who am I missing? Oh, Mirabalch. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, yeah, but I think I think that's it, right? Am I missing yeah. someone that's still here? No, so... I think I I I think you've got it all. And like I said last week, and I know, and I understand coaches leave for better opportunities and things like that. But if you want to bring consistency and stability back into a program, you got to have a consistent coaching staff. Hopefully, this year was a uh, anomaly, and this won't happen again. But you never know. And you know, like you kind of alluded to. You know, many of these coaches didn't go on to bigger things. Hopefully next year we're at the point where maybe coaches can find better jobs somewhere else after a good season and not a complete train wreck that was last year. Yeah, and I think that's where the difference is, and that's why the turnover is so high. Because there were people like Gaddis that had to go, and they were fired. Um, and there's other people that found opportunities for to get into. Um like Ponce kind of had to go too. He was just able to find a landing spot. Like, I don't think he was going to be asked back either. Um, you know, so that, but then you have those ones and you have someone like Steele leaves for a better job, Rod Wright going to the NFL. That's where you get into these major numbers. So, you know, if a few coaches leave after next year, cause the team performs well, they get a higher profile, they get better opportunities. That's, that's healthy for a program that happens to Alabama every year. Um, if uh, if we have that as well as having to fire half the coaches because we're not doing well, 
that's that's where it becomes problematic. That happened this year, and like you said, DJ cannot have that happen again. Yeah, like I mean, I would rather have coaches leave because they go on to better to better you know places than because of you know dysfunction, quite frankly. And you know, I'm hoping that this year will bring some stability. And you know, obviously, it all starts on the field with some wins, and that's easier said than done. But you know, I'm not sounding the alarm bells on Mario, but for many reasons, I think this is a very crucial season for the program. Yeah, and just just to just to address this, I think it'll be collaborative. Um, I don't think though that Shannon Dawson at this point has autonomy yeah. to hire whoever he wants. I think. Yeah, yeah, I don't think many have autonomy in a uh, Mario staff. To uh... well, I don't, I don't think many have autonomy in most staffs. The head coach, if you think about this, right, and I know it's. You know, if the head coach is running the program, you only have, I believe it's 10 total coaches you're allowed on the field. He's going to be hiring almost all of them. Um, it's very rare that a coordinator picks his assistants, period. So, I mean, if you if you look at, like, all, all these other big programs, like, um, even let's just take a look at our, you know, ACC competition. Um, Clemson fires offensive coordinator. They hire TCUs. He's picking up their existing coaches there. They're not letting him, like, fire them and pick his own staff. That was a guy they went and got, right? And same thing Gaddis last year didn't pick a staff. Like, that's – it is – it's – I would say, to DJ's point, I think the point you're making, I think it is rare that they have as little say as it appeared our coaches had last year in terms of, like, if you're the coordinator, at least have some input. Like, hey, this is the type of coach I would work well with. That guy I can't work with. Doesn't like any of that happens, which is I would say odd that there's zero input. But the head coach does the hiring. Like I mean that that's part of their job, and and ultimately that is, you know, as as the person responsible for the product on the field at the top of it, it does make sense for them to do that. I know. Um, now, if you get like, does it make sense for them to hire like all the trainers? I don't know, but the coaches that are on the field, that is high profile enough that the head coach will be working directly enough with that. I, that I feel like that has to be his consideration as well. Like I, I don't see how he's not involved, if not just making those decisions. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I would venture to say that maybe the assistants have a little bit more say in terms of analysts, not on field coaches, but you never know. Um, but I mean, still, I think, I think um, how this coaching staff, looks is maybe not the way that we thought it was going to look, but I do see promise here with this particular group. Yeah. And uh shout out to Flo, the man himself. Uh, oh, Flo, how you doing? For, for, for gracing us. Hey, well, it's good to know someone shows up to the show anymore. Our co-hosts don't, but good to know you did. I <laughs> just, um, so, um, uh, leave us yeah. a Yelp review Flo. Tell us. Yeah, how yeah, did. yeah. Yeah. Leave us a Yelp <laughs> review. And also, uh, you know, next time you uh, you play jazz on the golf course, kick his butt for for, for blowing the show off tonight. Actually, jazz, jazz is pretty sick. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I was gonna say him. it takes jazz a lot <laughs> to uh, miss a show. Yeah, um, actually, a little aside, and then we'll get back to that. So I was actually in Miami this weekend, and uh, all over all of that sporting event action there. So jazz was supposed to go with me. We, we went together to the baseball on Friday night. And he got really sick on Saturday, missed the rest of the weekend essentially. He, he, he lucked into missing that basketball game, but uh, also missed the baseball Saturday night, went to the women's basketball game on Sunday, he missed that as well, and he's still 
still under the weather a little bit. What was so. the thing that you guys uh, – you said there was this concession thing at the baseball game where if you ate a lot, your stomach would get I, sick? I did, I did do the milkshake. And, the and milkshake. I, 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 kept, I kept it down. That was a – I was not going to do the milkshake. And then, you know, after the, uh, after the, uh, the, the basketball game, as I walked over to the uh, stadium, I had two choices. One was uh, imbibe some, let's just say, adult beverages. Um, Titanic is, of course, across the street from Mark Lake Field. But, you know, I was going into the press box. Didn't seem like a smart idea. <laughs> so, <laughs> so instead, I, I went with the depression milkshake off of that. Um, it, 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 I kept it down this time, which is probably even a worse thing because next time I go there, I, there'll be nothing to stop me. Um, You'll get the false confidence, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't need to be eating that stuff anyway. But anyway, yeah, it was still you a good time. To, still, still, still a good time down in Miami. Uh, shout out to Katie Meyer, um, who who I, I'm friendly with. So I was able to, so I talked to her on, on Sunday and also uh, she was kind enough to invite my niece to her office before the game, took pictures with her. My niece choked. <laughs> she was all excited all weekend and then we go in there and she froze up but uh she'll get better she's only four um so uh so uh anyway shout out, shout out to the, the whole women's basketball team it's a good performance on sunday um and, and yeah for for hosting us that's good stuff right there that's really good stuff and you know it's it's a very busy time and a good time mostly to be a miami sports fan but yeah, you know, barring the second half last week, but uh, last weekend. But um, yeah. Anyway, I guess we can. That's a good transition. Segue, so we should, yeah. We should probably talk about the fact that the whole athletics program is on probation now. <laughs> Do you have thoughts on this, DJ? <laughs> I mean, so I was trying to read read about it and kind of grasp it, and it didn't make any sense to me. So I'll just have you explain it for me, just so I have everything everything clear. Why are they on probation? Is it because I saw something about a dinner of, of stuff. Sorry, okay, so, so that that's that's the misreporting. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do two things here, and I have a whole video I did on this Saturday okay. on this feed. If people want to check out longer points, and then I spend thirty minutes talking about it now. Um, but um, I, the highlights are that is how people misreported it. Um, so I'll tell you what the official story is and what's actually you know happened here. So the official reason that they were penalized is. Um, it was actually women's basketball that did it, and it was around the Cavender twins. But what what the official penalty was was um, Johnny Ruiz reached out to the Cavender twins to work on an NIL deal. This is after they'd already decided to come to Miami. So the whole thing about them using NIL as an inducement to go to a school is already off the table because this all happened after they wanted to come come to Miami. So. They actually did not take the meeting because I'm sure they get a lot. They're, they're obviously independently famous. They get a lot of requests. Um, and so Johnny Ruiz reached out to Katie Meyer and said, hey, it's a legitimate business. We're looking for advertising and, 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 and you know, to, to self-promotion. That's what advertising is for. And we think it's a good fit with the Cavender twins. <clears throat> so Katie Meyer had one of the assistant coaches reach out to them and say, yes, this person's on the up and up is a legitimate business opportunity. I don't want to alarm people in the chat, DJU, but apparently there's a lot of scams in Miami. So, I, I mean, I, I know that's that's breaking news for everyone here. Um, so, you know, she basically said, no, this is actually a legitimate business because, um, you know, in Miami often that's not the case. Um, and that was it. That was the extent of the violation um, that she connected them with an NIL opportunity. Now, keep in mind, 
doesn't sound like much of a violation. It, to me. It, it's not. And it wasn't. So this is where it gets even shadier. Um, so in May, the NCAA issued clarifications explicitly making this allowable. So this is no longer a penalty. At the time she did it, it was before the clarification. It was also not against the rules explicitly. And you know that the whole thing is crap when you're reading through the report and the phrase where they talk about what she did wrong starts with, although Coach Meyer did not know when there was no rule in place. And then it, goes, it is insane. But that was what the penalty was for. Now, she did take a suspension to start the year. She missed the first three games of the, of the basketball season. So that was already done. Right. So what came out on Friday was just a closure of it. Basically, look, it's already done. There's a minor recruiting violation, like a restriction on the women's basketball. I think it's one percent of their recruiting budget. <laughs> they, they lost, so not not really anything impactful there. And then the whole school is on probation for a year now. Probation simply same way you use it in the legal sense, like in court or whatever. You're on probation. That means if you slip up, you go straight straight to jail. So mm-hmm. essentially, if they slip up, the penalties depending on the slip up would be harsher than they otherwise wouldn't have been. That's what the probation is. So there's no real impact immediately. Right. Okay. So. Because I was reading, you know, a bunch of things, and even I was thinking, okay, this doesn't seem like much. So I guess my response to this and what I think of it is the NCAA continues to focus their energy in the wrong place, and they continue to they open up something like NIL or they give NIL opportunities, right? And, you know, the schools try to do as best they can and do things as, you know, clean as they can, and the NCAA still finds something wrong with it. I mean, this is peak NCAA. Uh, this this really is peak NCAA. Yeah, but but so so in this case, um, you know, Miami self-imposed the penalty to close the investigation out. Um, so Coach Meyer just took the three-game suspension. Could have fought it, for sure. Just did it at the beginning of the season. And then everything else after that is basically nothing. But when the university announced, hey, we, we took these penalties and this investigation is closed, they explicitly said, NCAA, you got to get your stuff together. This is not like you need to clarify your rules. This is not work. And also they even said like the penalties we took were not commiserate with what their findings were. Basically, like yeah. they, they, they took an excessive penalty to make it go away. And the reason you do that is, one – NCAA is lawless. They can do whatever they want, right? You don't want them poking around your athletic department. You also, the last thing you need is them, you know, despite what happened last Saturday, you know, Miami's basketball, men's basketball team is a legitimate Final Four contender. The last thing you want them doing is coming through and, you know, suspending half the team in the middle of the ACC tournament or something. So, and there's no, and even if you take them to court and try to fight it, you know, by the time it works its way through, you're screwed. You've, you've ruined the season, right? Um, right so, yeah. so by taking the suspension, that, that's why she takes the suspension on the first three games of the season. Had they found something or had the NCAA come in like now and tried to suspend her, like the, the women's team is also a tournament team. You know, you, you don't want the coach suspended <laughs> in the ACC tournaments this week. So you take that the front of the season when the games are less impactful. So that's why they did it. But there was I'm no not- crime here at all. And what actually um, – this is more opinion, but this is this is what actually happened too. Is so they have NIL in place, and John Ruiz has upset a lot of people with how um, 
brazen he is about flaunting the nil opportunities he creates announcing i have signed this person to this much money and there now keep in mind as uncomfortable as that might make you know bow bow tide wearing ncaa executives who are used to to everything being for free because of the sanctity of the sport while looking the other way while alabama buys the entire team a dodge charger like they're okay with that. They're not okay with the brazen out in the open. And they're definitely not okay with it being Miami doing it. So they basically went into this trying to figure out a way to get Johnny Ruiz. Um, and that they spent four months on this investigation trying to get him. Now, the problem they have is the stuff that is annoying people is explicitly allowed. That is the point. These are marketing deals. Name, image, and likeness is for marketing. So if they're gonna, if if he's out there bragging about it, it's to promote his brand. That's the point. Now, if you tell me how an NIL collective that some of these other schools are running is actually doing name, image, and likeness, I'd like to know that. Where's the angle on that? Where's the benefit from that? But he, I mean, it's all over my Twitter, it's all over TV in South Florida too. Like that life wall of crap is everywhere. And you've seen these players in the commercials. Like he has, he has used the hell out of that NIL for the explicitly allowable purpose. Um, and they kind of gave the game away a little bit in terms of what they were trying to do when that, when these penalties came out and, you know, of course, unnamed sources are complaining, Oh, they really need to make him, make him disassociate from the school. Cause they can essentially, there's essentially a, for lack of a better word, like a no fly list for boosters, which if they're on there, you cannot contact them. So the whole goal was to try and prove Ruiz did something wrong to get him on there so he couldn't participate in NIL, which means that essentially Miami's out of the NIL game, which was the goal here. But they couldn't find anything on him because it's clear. He's clean. All that bragging that's that's very annoying to some people actually is what makes it obviously clean. So it was a witch hunt. It ended up with nothing other than the women's basketball coach getting suspended at the beginning of the season. And that is... That is another in a long line of NCAA witch hunts against Miami that ended up nowhere. They did it on the Adidas shoe scandal. Um, they did it on on the Nevin Shapiro scandal, and they've done it again here. Um, and it's it's a pattern of behavior from them. And if you know the shoe was on the other foot and Miami was prosecuting this case against the NCAA, they would accuse them of repeat violator status for repeatedly trying to to go after them without any evidence. And, and they did it again here. So this. Shouldn't have any kind of long-term impact, but it just goes to show, you know, there's one set of rules for Miami and one for for the rest of college sports. They pick and choose their favorites, and, you know, they look the other way for some schools and focus on other schools, and it's really quite a shame. But, I mean, the NCAA has never been one of uh, modesty and fair play. So, then again, are you really surprised? No, and that's actually why you have to accept – that's why you you accept the harsher-than-should-have-been penalties to get the thing closed because they, they don't play fair, because they don't have any rules that they abide by. They could very well just start suspending basketball players right now, right? And then what's your recourse? Yes, you can go to court. Yes, you can fight it there, and you can win there. There have been cases where you do that. In fact, you probably would win there because they don't have a leg to stand on. You're still impacted if like half the team doesn't play against Pitt this weekend when if you win, you win the ACC, right? So you, you have to just get it behind you at this point. Um, and, and that's what they did. Yeah, I mean, I would assume that by the time everything's done in court, 
the impacts of the suspension in terms of athletic competition will be far greater than the court ruling uh, for that particular case. But yeah, it's just annoying. It really is annoying. And the NCAA is, you know, picks and chooses what they want to do. And it's just, you know, not right. Yeah, well, again, fortunately, my and, and and I guess one of the things we should say is is we are lucky that that Dan Radakovich and what's up, Pinto, and and kind of the athletic department is clean because they went in there fishing looking for something, and all they got was exactly what I described earlier that that an assist Katie Meyer directing assistant coach to let the Cavender twins know that John Ruiz was not a crook. <laughs> that's what they came up with after four months of going through the entire athletic program. That is, that's pretty much a badge of honor there that, that things are running pretty, pretty well there. Cause certainly if they had found something, they would have, they would have penalized that versus the, the kind of the, the, the lame stuff they ended up going after us for. Radakovich also knows how to run a very solid uh, athletic department. So you have that in your favor. Meanwhile, up in my neck of the woods, BC has old friend Blake James. So yes, yes, he does. Yes, yes, um, he is up there. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I, 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 don't, <laughs> I haven't been watching BC that that closely to see. They're 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 awful in pretty much everything except for hockey. So, I mean. They've been awful for in, forever, so it's in, not just a yeah, James thing. I was about to say, in, in his defense, he hasn't really had a chance to turn turn that stuff around yet. But um, yeah, <laughs> I, anyway, I don't, I don't don't expect the, don't expect the Boston College revival anytime soon. No, no, uh, that's why I'm you know rooting for other teams besides Boston College. <laughs> well, I mean, you're obviously rooting for Miami, right, man? You're on oh, yeah. the Sixer and Kane show oh, yeah. in the same conference. Oh yeah, with 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 no help from the uh, ACC network. But anyway, um, well, um, actually, I think the pit game is on the ACC network because they... football. I'm a football guy. No, yeah, well, well, well. I mean, look. Although, if we start winning and more games are on national TV, then I look, look, man. We are we are playing for an ACC championship on Saturday. That is the if you watch the football team, that's as close as we're going to get to an ACC championship <laughs> game. So, so embrace it, man. Embrace it. However, it could happen this year in football. You never know. I'm not going to make any bold record predictions because I did that last year and it came back to bite me. But yeah, yeah I, think, I think at this point we've established we should all be out of the, out of the prediction game. I'll just hope that everybody has a good season, nobody gets hurt, and, and uh, everybody has fun. How about that? I mean, if we play like we did last year, no one's having fun. All right. So <laughs> uh, kind of let's to, to close, out, close um, out this football topic a little bit. Um, so we we've talked we've talked. Um, what do you think is is and kind of shifting the offensive side of the ball? What do you think is happening at wide receivers coach? Because I think on the defensive side, you know, Rod Wright went, and we're unclear whether or not that was expected or whether he just got an NFL opportunity. But I think everyone I think would be pretty surprised unless he just flatly doesn't want to do it if Jason Taylor's not in there in some capacity. What do you think is happening? Because you know, in the past we've gone through who are your wide receiver coach candidates? Who would you look at that kind of stuff? But you can certainly you can certainly offer that up, but also, what do you think is going on there? Why do we not have a wide receivers coach? To answer the second part of your question, I don't know. This makes this doesn't make any sense to me because of the struggles that we had at the wide receiver position and the fact that we were playing so many young guys. You need to have a coach that can help them continue to develop. Uh, Colby Young was a guy that I thought came on really strong last season, and I'd love to see him kind of take another step forward to continue on that great play, but. 
I mean, looking at wide receiver coach candidates, I mean, you guys brought up uh, Leonard Hankerson last week. And, you know, I thought that would be a very good option just in terms of, you know, the wide receivers he works with right now are Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. So he certainly knows how to work with top tier receivers and in terms of development. And I understand that, you know, people don't want Miami guys or some people don't want Miami guys on the staff because they, we need to branch out and whatever. But I think he would be a very solid option just in terms of, you know, who he's worked with, his pedigree, and also kind of the understanding of the culture of Miami. So in terms of, uh, I guess I'll speak to the not wanting Miami guys. Um, I don't necessarily care in that sense. I just, I don't want people that we wouldn't otherwise hire. Right. If they happen to also be a Miami guy, great. If they're qualified and they're a Miami guy, that's awesome. Some people would, are just completely no Miami guys whatsoever. I, I just don't want someone that like, okay, take the Miami out of their resume. Would we still hire them? If the answer is no, we should not be hiring them. Would um, you still hire Hankerson if there wasn't Miami on the I, I think so. I'm not sure how much. The thing with, uh, especially in the NFL, you know, it's hard to know who's doing what they're. They have, unlike in college, they don't have restrictions on coaches so they have like 47 coaches to do everything like there's there's usually not you know there's not necessarily one guy doing this or that so it is hard to know what exactly his responsibilities are obviously the 49ers have done a really good job over the last few years so he's a part of a, a successful program there and and um you know, obviously Mike McDaniel's down in Miami now as the head coach came out of there um so I, I think he's worked under uh, I think he's worked under good good coaches there, and Kyle Shan's a great offensive mind. So th these are good people to be around. So overall, I'd be fine with it. But I honestly don't know enough about what he does. It's so hard to know what coaches in the NFL do. Right. And, you know, I, I was just looking at in terms of, you know, that he's working with Ayuk and Samuel, and, you know, he has the experience of helping those guys reach the next level. Now, how – now and, and not the next level, but, you know, to get to the – all pro accolades and things like that. Now, how much of that is Hankerson and how much, how much is it that Debo Samuel is Debo Samuel? You know, there could be some gray lines there, but I mean, that those, that still is a solid duo to have on your resume. And overall, just generally speaking, you know, I think wide receiver coach needs to be a priority because there are still a lot of question marks on this unit. And, that and you know that certainly needs to be addressed before the season starts, and it will be. But again, it's all about you know learning your players' tendencies, what they do well, what they don't do well. You know, do they need a certain exercise program before training camp starts to help them put on weight? Do you, as a wide receivers coach, want them to work on speed drills? Do you want them to lose weight? You know, stuff like that. Just the little stuff that can help them be that much more prepared come August. Yeah, and, and to Pimpton's point, spring ball's right. starting. <laughs> Who's even coaching? <laughs> coaching right, these right, receivers? yeah. And just to be clear, you cannot – and actually, I don't think – I think we haven't gotten in trouble for this, but several schools have for actually having their analysts, you know, do a little bit too much because you're not allowed to – you're very restricted in what you can do as an analyst. Um so, which is also weird to me, but that's an entirely another show. For well, part of that is, I mean, that's that's the college athletics model. They limit the number of coaches. 
um, again, to, to frankly, to save money, but also level the playing field. Um, but then you can and, have like seventy five thousand analysts. It's like okay, which is, which is why they're restricted in what they're allowed to do. They're essentially athletic department staff, right? That is yeah. that's so they can't. The, the NCA is not really able to micromanage how many employees you have in your athletic. Department. Right. I mean, it's uh, just like so. It, what it, gray it, area stuff? Yeah, you know, yeah, the, like, yeah. It is. It is a little farcical. But the reason they they make that split between on-field versus like backroom or analysts is the on-field is very specific what they can do and right now we do not have a wide receiver coach um so yeah that's going to make developing those to dj your voice developing those off-season plans developing those you know analyzing the receiver position in, in spring going to be difficult when you have a coach there so well to pimp down's point he says as far as continuity this is strange I agree, but in the first two years of Mario's tenure, there really hasn't been any continuity. So, if anything, this is right on brand. Well, I mean, continuity would have been Gaddis. So, I think we're all glad there's no continuity here. But um, but <laughs> that, that there's no one there is crazy. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, maybe, maybe they'll hire somebody soon. But, again, I would have had, you know, I would have hired somebody, I don't know, two weeks ago. And I understand – there's contracts and there's buyouts and things like that. But the whole slow moving, you know, staff filling process is very frustrating as a fan. And as I'm sure it is to you, Vish, and the viewers uh, watching. Yeah. And, and I, I, I expected, I understand, even though earlier I was arguing that, you know, the head coach should be making the hires across the staff because there's only 10 on-field coaches and, they, he's interacting directly with all of them, even if there's a coordinator in the way. It's not like a straight hierarchy. It is everything rolls up to the head coach. So I, but I do understand, you know, despite that, all right, let's get the offense coordinator in place first. And then we'll fill in the rest of the staff with him in place. That was several weeks ago at this point. Like I expected once the offensive coordinator is in place, the dominoes to fall. Even even defensively, I'm still still a little perturbed that Nicholson was named the inside linebackers coach. I'm just taking the linebackers. Uh, so, like, there's a little bit of – it feels like, again, flailing around that we've kind of seen with this with his, his staff hires. Now, there's what we see, and then there's what's actually happening behind the scenes, which might be not at all the same thing. He might have it all lined up, to your point – Let's 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 play devil's advocate and say he already knows who who he's got for all these positions. He knew Rod Wright was going. He's lined up the replacement. But you know, those contractual things need to be worked out. There's a few items that need to happen. That's taken time. Now, sometimes it's pulling them from a difficult contract. Sometimes stuff might. Um, um, Anyway, Gary's got some stuff to 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 uh to go. We'll go through in a second and talk about that. But um, you know, sometimes it's some contracts end uh, at the end of the month. Some of these things might be expiring naturally. Why well, would you pay a buyout when, when it's going to end? You know, there, there's all sorts of things that might be happening here where you can't officially announce things to a certain time. Again, they're, they're, not only do the buyouts happen that way in terms of contracts ending, they time box the the overall um, length of the contract to when it started, which, you know, Randy Shannon found out in a horribly cruel way when uh, they tried to take away his money saying he technically wasn't the head coach here for four years because they fired him before the bowl game. So, um, and they tried to pay him a buyout for a three-year contract instead of a four-year. He did win that in court, but um, 
so you know there's also so i can so maybe there's some control behind this chaos but what we're seeing out in public is chaos there's logical reasons you can explain okay this is why this is happening this is why that's happening but other schools seem to be able to just hire people so i don't know why this is unique to Miami. i definitely agree with you vision i totally can see where stuff could be happening behind the scenes but as a fan, it would be just nice if everything had a nice little bow on it as we're beginning spring ball for the 2023 season. I mean, I understand that, you know, Mario doesn't doesn't always announce his moves and he works in silence, but as a fan, you know, it just drives you a little bit crazy. You want everything kind of all set in the comfort of things, knowing that they're there before spring ball starts. And if anything, Mario's kept us on our toes. Yeah, and and Gary dropped some dudes that I guess came via came via flow, but um, I guess those were those are the interviews now. Unfortunately, Blue and his computer problems because Blue actually talked to Kevin Beard last week. It would have been before Friday though, and and nothing had happened on that. Blue, front. we are really missing you today. Yeah, I- in, including um the uh, with the uh, um um including with the uh, the whole, like, when the Jason Candle stuff was going, he had talked to Kevin Beard and Kevin Beard's like, I don't know what all these rumors are. I haven't heard anything. Because the whole thing was like, oh, Candle's coming. He's bringing Beard with him, too. Right, There's right, your, yep. your OC and your and your wide receivers coach. So, um, obviously, I don't have – actually, I guess I have women's basketball sources. But the other ones I don't have. So, unless you want, want some inside knowledge on that, um, I can't speak to that. Um, I would say if it's those three, I'd, I'd probably prefer Hankerson. Yeah, I would prefer Ankerson out of that group, but I definitely believe Flo. Um, so hopefully there's there's oh, no well, Flo, Flo's information is 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 well sourced when he oh, yeah. releases it. I just Gary's we and and Gary, I've actually met Gary. Gary and I've hung out a few times. So and, and we did not have spicy nuggets because they don't exist in Chick-fil-A. But um so like Gary, I, I had my it. Nebraska sweatshirt on today and I took it off. I wasn't gonna even say anything because I knew he was gonna razz you and then you went and did it. Oh my no, god! But but anyway, um, there, there was a wardrobe change in, in pre-show, Gary. Uh, there was. Anyway, um, I so so I, I trust this information. Just obviously, like, yeah. I, don't, I don't have my own sources. So out of that group, we'll I would go, like, yeah, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll obviously trust Flo's sources yeah. and, and Gary's relaying of Flo's information there. Um, I I would go Hankerson in that group. Yeah, I, I would as well. I would as well out of that group. Um, although I wouldn't. I mean. Pop Cootie is a bit of a stretch for me. Um, in in, in uh, in, we don't in, have jazz in, here to debate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know that I'd necessarily be happy with that hire. I yeah. think Beard or Hankerson. I think Hankerson out of those is probably the the best one. Again, but then it's a different job in the NFL. Does he recruit well? I, I don't know. Right, um, right. But. Yeah, that that is so. Hopefully, we'll have someone in place by uh, you know the weekend so that there's actually a coach during practice. And you know, I wouldn't be surprised if something was announced within the next week or so because I could certainly see all the interviews being wrapped up because Mario is not you know he doesn't just sit around and do nothing. He's always doing something. It's just frustrating to not have everything wrapped in a nice little bow by now and. You know, I think I think I think we'll see something soon. But you know, uh, spring ball, spring practice starts Saturday, so I'm just excited that another season is almost here. Well, not almost it's, here. It's, but, it's February, man. Uh, hey, hey, don't ruin my optimism and my excitement. It's hey, man, it is here. it is definitely basketball season right now. The Kings can win the ACC and, and um, baseball. So, and yes, baseball. and baseball, but but it is. 
the, the men can win the ACC on Saturday. They win that game, they win the ACC. That is that is something. They're playing that, at a really high level right that, now. That, that, well, until that last half. Yeah, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to be optimistic. I was trying to offset. Yeah. I was trying to offset Fish's pessimism, but. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not pessimistic. I'm optimistic about the basketball program, and I, I think they will win on Saturday. I think they'll win the ACC, and I think they'll win the ACC tournament because I think they're by far the best team in the ACC. It was just that was that was quite the meltdown. Um, but sometimes you have to grow from yeah. those things. Peaks and valleys. Yeah, yeah. Peaks I and guess valleys. They, they need, maybe they need to be humbled. Uh, they certainly they're going to be been fun to watch in March, though. I'll say that much. They really yes. are. Yeah. Um, so speaking of which, a couple of things as we kind of move towards wrapping uh, this show up. Um, actually, a couple of network announcements. So I've started doing a um, midweek pre-recorded thing that that we publish Wednesdays. It's five six p.m. around then. So. Uh, I'll talk about basketball there. We got the the men, as I, as I mentioned, but it is that clean. Like whoever wins that game on Saturday wins the ACC. So um, that's there's a bunch of tiebreakers and stuff, but that's what it comes down to. So that's a big deal. The Canes have won the ACC once 10 years ago. So that is a major accomplishment that's on the horizon if they can win that game. Um, the women are in Greensboro right now playing the ACC women's tournament starting Thursday. And then the baseball team is in Gainesville this weekend playing UF. So there's a lot of just major stuff happening, um, which I'll talk about Wednesday. That'll that'll be published. And then uh, the F1 show is back. Um, we had a had our uh, preseason show last week. Uh, there was a race this weekend too um, in Bahrain. So uh, we'll be we'll be previewing that. That show's live Wednesday at 9 p.m. Jazz better be off of his sick bed at that point. Um, so, because, so, because I don't know anything about F one, so I totally... <laughs> well, I mean, I get, we can get we can get our boy Gabe in confused, and uh, he actually worked for Mercedes F one team. He's been a guest on our show before, but we do like this whole thing where we pick the race winners and all that, and we track them through the years. So I kind of need him to show up, and I, Moni Libro as well, who has been a uh, was covering an award show last week and missed the preseason. Oh wow, I have watched, I have enjoyed. I, it's just like. I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to learn. Yeah, no, it's it's it is very much an insular group there. <laughs> There's like four people in the chat that, with some of them, some of them overlap with that. Gary shows up occasionally, talk about nuggets, that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, we got we have Fernie Tapia and all that. Um, good. No, that's good. Yeah. I mean, as long as you're having fun doing it, who cares? Yep. And uh, Jay, yes, yes, I do live in D.C. Um, I am in Noma, actually. Um, so uh, just off Capitol Street. Um, but, yep, yeah, I've been here 12 years. So, um, yeah, but I am – you'll often find me in Miami, let me put it that way, including this weekend, last weekend. Um, and I will be just a, just a little bit more on, on some coverage that we're going to be doing. So if I, – I haven't run this past Jazz yet to see if he wants to hop on, but at least – it. If the Canes win on Saturday, that game is at six. We'll end around eight. I'm going live, even if there's no one with me. We're going to celebrate that damn ACC championship if they win that thing. So, so we'll do that live on Saturday night if uh, if the Canes beat Pitt. Um, so, so stay tuned for that. I might just be me at a stream talking to myself. But oh, Bon, I, I mean, it's going to be on TV, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, God, it might be on ACC Network because <laughs> Duke and Carolina play, but um. Oh but, yeah, that's a big. But one. but we we will we will def, I'll, I'll definitely I'm, I'm gonna open the stream up and I'll see if I can drag Jazz in there. DJ, you're one. We're gonna celebrate that ACC championship if we win that. And then um, 
I'll also be, and I think Jazz will as well, but I definitely will be covering the team in the postseason. So, um, the, so as they go into not the ACC tournament because that is too much. Uh, um, <laughs> that is that is a uh, too much. I, I do have an actual job, <laughs> but uh, NCAA tournament. I, I have I have taken those Thursdays and Fridays off, and I am going wherever the Canes go. So, uh, so we'll, we'll be covering that as well. So stay tuned for that as. as this this basketball team has a legitimate chance to to do some stuff here. Um, so so stay tuned for a lot of coverage on, on the basketball team. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a busy Saturday in college basketball, and it's that it's it's that time of year. Such an exciting time, and I can't wait to see what Miami can do. Yep, and that game is six p.m. Saturday, hosting Pitt. Last week was their first. That was the Canes' first home loss. A few. Recall the the game at Pitt. The Canes were up eight with two minutes left and blew the game, which is why they have to win this one now to win the ACC. But uh, let's see, let's see. They are they are playing for it on Saturday. So um, yeah, we'll we'll probably I'll try to wedge once Jazz is back. See, I got freedom now. I can talk about basketball and Jazz can't stop me. But next week with him back, there might be limited basketball talk time. But I'm sure we'll also talk about the the weekend series in, in Gainesville with UF and. And with spring practice opening, we're gonna have a have a busy show Monday. Um, so again, tune into that fun show Wednesday. I'll have something on the on the network as well, pre-recorded on Wednesday as well, talking about some of the other cane sports. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll see you all next week. Thanks for uh, thanks for watching and staying with us even without without blue and jazz. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. It's kind of lonely here without all our friends. But yeah, yeah, you know, it's 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 it's, it's like the uh, the Canes uh, coaching room right now. There's all these empty chairs that's supposed to be filled. <laughs> At least I have you, Mission. Yeah, well, well let's, let's see if we let's see if let's see if we can show up Monday with Blue and Jazz next week and a full coaching staff. That is that's that squad goals right now. Squad goals, absolutely. All right, thanks everyone for watching. Okay. We'll, we'll see you next week. The Six Rig Kane Show. The Six Rig Kane Show. The Six Rings Kane Show. You know. <laughs>